Hi, I'm Liz. And I'm Rhea. Welcome to Karma's My Bitch, a podcast about love, sex, connection, abundance, joy, purpose, peace, and how life isn't simply the stories we tell ourselves. So this is really interesting to think about for a second. If a person's in 5D, if they are in flow, how is it that certain disappointments come up, right? And... I would never dismiss it as if it doesn't happen to you, it's not for you or some bullshit like that. God is clearing the path for you. Yeah. (laughs) And I always think that can't be like, that just, that feels icky. That feels like we're just trying to do the let it go dance and yeah, the gratitude dance. Oh, this, this happened to me for a reason. And and therefore something better is coming and stuff like that. Which I I hate. Completely. And we've always lived our lives like that. That's how one survives polarity and separation. Looking for a better tomorrow because today really fucking sucks. Yeah. It's the gone with the wind, Scarlett O'Hara, you know, tomorrow is another day. Yeah. Right. You can't be in now moment because now moment is terrifying. And uncertain, awful and horrible. So it's because when you're in 5D, you are governed by your fate. And as we've talked about, you know, fate is the reflection of, make sure I get the words correct. Of your holest, as in holiest state of being. So when something doesn't happen the way you think it should happen, right? Because our expectations are equivalent to our shoulds. It's because they don't match up to our fates. Now, why do we have those expectations if we're whole beings and we're 5D beings and we're in harmony with each other? It's because we are also in this now moment and in our present state, we're surrounded by other energies and people And so sometimes we're not coming from or reacting to our fates. We're actually reacting to our outside stimuli. And it's not that we get confused. It's just sometimes we make other choices. I want that because that other person has that. And that looks great. I think I want to experience this because that looks like fun. Well, is that really in line with your fate and your growth and what you've chosen for yourself? Probably not. The point being is that even when you are in different stages of your evolution where you're you're in 5D and you're quote-unquote whole, you can still get hit with FOMO. FOMO is still a real thing in 5D. I mean, it may not govern your choices. It may not dictate your day. But if you're experiencing disappointment, there's usually FOMO that underpins that disappointment. And FOMO is just not being clear on your path. Exactly, exactly. But what, the way I understand fate and why I liked it, because... Liked it? Yeah, (laughs) because it kind of freaked me out. (laughs) But why I also liked it was the idea that actually there were so many interwoven tapestries that the possibilities, I think you called them hundreds of thousands. Yeah, 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 yeah. So actually it was so wide that it wasn't like one person, one moment, one thing, you Mm -hmm, know? mm -hmm. That's why, because there was actually a lot of freedom within our fates. Yeah. And I think that's really important to me because freedom is very important to me. The other thing I was wondering whether maybe, and you can tell me yes or no, Mm -hmm. is that maybe the feeling is right, but how you envisaged it coming out isn't in the sense when you have expectations. Oh yeah, that can happen as well. And that's, and that is again, also underpinned by FOMO. Yeah. This is how a relationship's meant to look like. This is how a friendship's meant to look like. This is what a job's meant to look like. This is how people meet. This is whatever it is. And then 
because your kind of your view has been shaped by the shoulds or this is how other people have done it, etc. Which feeds the FOMO. Which feeds the FOMO. Mm-hmm. Then effectively you then end up in this situation where you are getting exactly what your heart desires. So because they don't look exactly what you think your what they think your heart's desires should look like, mm-hmm. that dissonance creates that FOMO. Which leads to disappointment. Which makes sense, actually, mm-hmm. when you're comparing it to other people. But you're not taking a holistic view of other people either. So this person looks like they have a great relationship, mm-hmm. and that's how they got it, therefore I must copy it. Mm-hmm. But actually, you don't know what's going on behind closed doors. You don't know whether or not they're happy. You don't know pretty much anything, apart from what you're seeing with your eyes, which is one aspect of an illusion that they've asked you to see, even if they're your best fucking friend. When you're younger, though, and you you experience a series of disappointments, which is some of the finest English literature is based on a series of disappointments, right? I probably wouldn't have read it. Unmet expectations, which just shocks the fuck out of me. Anyway, part of that, and we've talked about this in one of our books, which is, you know, we learn best sometimes when we're emotionally invested and we have our hearts broken open. And when young people experience disappointment, part of that is not just the hearts breaking open, but it's also really about getting them getting in touch with their own truth. What does my life look like? What am I supposed to be doing? Because if they're sort of living that sort of cookie cutter life where all the expectations are met. Oh, I go, I'm at this age. I, I do this. I'm ha- I'm going to this party, etc. They're not really in line with their fate. They're really just kind of living this life that's been set they're out. They're in line with society's fate. Exactly. Well, yeah. they're in line with what fate sh- is meant to look like, as it were, or whatever. What's disappointment all about? And it's not necessarily meant to be a teacher. It just points us back to ourselves. And it's it's meant to show us within what is not being met. Is it something that I need? Is it a need I need to meet for myself? Is it an unmet expectation that's unrealistic for me at this moment? What am I missing? And that's always that, ultimately. Mm-hmm. And it's a funny thing. When you come into harmony with yourself, you do end up sort of seeing where somebody fits you a lot faster. Yeah. Because if they're not in harmony with themselves, you cannot make that harmony work. Because yeah. you can't hold it. Like Relationships and polarity are a lot easier they're not simpler they're just easier because just the more you give of yourself the more you can maintain it yeah right because it's just sacrifice and martyrdom and the give or take right and then if somebody's giving somebody's there to take but in harmonious relationships there's no such thing as give and take it's just give 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 right we're just going to give and grow and give and grow and give and grow and that's where we have that kind of ceaseless reservoir of just love. That's what that is. And that's what allows us to do that. So if you're in that space of being able to give, but somebody's in this like other space of, well, if you're giving, then I'm receiving, it doesn't work. And we can feel that pretty quickly. And we can't really live with that because that it doesn't feel right, right? That, that makes us fall out of integrity the longer we stay in that kind of dynamic. So it's interesting that you bring that up because we're going to run with that for a second, which was, you know, you can see it all, but you prefer to see the brighter side, right? Which is the more positive side, I guess, for lack of a better word. But also what we've discussed is how important it is 
without criticizing is to see things critically. Now, I know that we say that I'm cynical a lot or I'm full of doomsday, sad predictions, and I'm the terrible, horrible, no good, very bad life part of this title where you're like, true colors, I see your true colors shining through. Like you can just like, that could be your mantra, right? And on the other side, which is like, yes, but I can see it for what it is too. And I grew up in a very critical home. And that is the one thing that allowed me to hone this one skill, which is because I can see things critically, I can see things honestly. But I also had to learn how to hold that and also in my Pollyanna optimistic phase, hold that too. And at some point, those two coalesce into some kind of weird, harmonious perspective. And that's what we're trying to get to. That's what allows us to be in 5D relationships. I see it in a lot of people that, you know, as much as they hold themselves accountable, they don't feel capable of holding others accountable. Yeah. Because they're so afraid of rocking the boat that they would do anything just to kind of like, even if it's rocky, they're the ones who are going to keep trying to maintain yeah. the balance in the boat, even yeah. if it's like, even if they're like stretching themselves yeah. and contorting themselves to make it work. Yeah. But again, that's a very 3D dynamic and it doesn't work. At some point, that boat's going to capsize. Well, no, so, yeah, no, I, that I agree with. And that's not something I'm capable of doing. Yeah. My, for me, it was more, I don't actually actually have the physical skill <laughs> of holding someone. I don't like... Fine. So you're in the in-between and you're actually learning for the first time, really, Raya, what an adult relationship looks like. Yeah. And to be honest, you've never had that modeled for you. No. None of us have. Yeah. Even the younger generations really haven't had that modeled for them. Yeah. The ones that seem to do it well are just the ones who are so in touch with their own wisdom, yeah. who are just so self-aware that they're just making it up as they go along, which yeah. is the way to do it, right? Mm. That again, I've experienced enough disappointment. I'm actually gathering up enough personal experience yeah. that I'm really realizing what works for me and what doesn't. Mm. And so I can say, this is how I would like to conduct a relationship. This is how I would like the person or persons I'm in this relationship with to conduct themselves. Yeah. And not out of an expectation point, but this is how I respond. These are my values. This is how, these are the values I'd like to share with another person. And then we can move forward. But a lot of us don't like conflict. And that's been part of our problem because our world has been nothing but conflict. Our lives have been nothing but conflict, right? Our external world has been nothing but conflict since the moment we entered. Our entire histories, whether they are real or fake or true and, you know, and in the history books or not, have all been about conflict in part because we are here for our growth and evolution and in part because 3D consciousness meant that in order to maintain separation, we needed to be in a constant state of conflict. So as we've kind of faced this 3D to 5D shift, some like you were ready for it. You're like, I'll take this because my old life sucked. Yeah. Right. And also I had a part of me that as we were saying earlier, I just, that, that true colors bit, I just knew that life could be great. Yeah. So I was like, all right, I, I have always somehow held that hope which people have called fantasy land yeah and so if i can make my fantasies and dreams come true why the fuck wouldn't i right i'm gonna give it a shot yes but the majority of people were not like you the majority of people did not do that most attached themselves so much to 3d that it has made this whole transition period very difficult yeah. which is why it's taking longer than earlier projected well, yeah, but I, I have to say that I've definitely seen that with the people around me mm -hmm. is that no one, and I think that's what I'm, I'm having problems with, 
mm-hmm. is that I have all the time in the world for anyone who wants to work on themselves. But I am struggling with those who are consistently still trying to blame, push, remain the victim, and outsource their healing mm-hmm. by saying they don't need to ha- have any. Yeah. Or that they know all their issues already and it's not a big deal and it's someone else's fault and it's someone else's problem. Oh, they're managing it. Yeah. Or the pseudo the pseudo healers who, and I'm going to go there, who are like, oh yeah, I'm like so interested in knowing what's up with me so I can sort it out, but actually are not interested at all. <laughs> relationships end you end up in the same relationship with someone else mm-hmm. jobs end yet you end up in the same pattern in another job yeah we trade one crappy boss for another crappy boss or not even you trade one crappy boss for another crappy boss is that you behave the same way within that job mm-hmm. therefore the job is just as shit as the one before mm-hmm. people keep thinking that the change part if, if i just change my circumstances my experiences will change but the issue is that's not the case you in order for any experience to change, you have to actually look at what what's within you. Mm-hmm. Because, and I can say this from extreme experience, actually, my circumstances don't look so different. Hmm. However, my experiences of them are markedly different. So the one constant in that change is me. Yeah. But there were for many years, I would change everything about my life, or at least to a degree. But nothing would actually change because I wasn't any different. And so, yeah, we keep pushing ourselves to we know there's something inside of us all that tells us things can be better mm-hmm. but because we've basically been in this world of separation and polarity where the external defines the internal rather than the other way around we keep trying to change the external rather than the internal and then we're surprised when it doesn't work but we've been doing that since we were born and it still hasn't worked no not at all but the thing is is that we we fear changing the internal yeah. because we fear that if we change the internal, we're going to die. We're going to change. We're mm-hmm. going to be such different people, we won't know who we are anymore. It's not even death that we fear as much as the destruction that comes with the deathing. That's what people fear a lot, right? I mean, some people can seriously fear like, okay, fine, let it end, let it end. But really, it's it's the destruction that precedes the deathing that bugs most people. Or What is that destruction? It depends on what needs to go. Okay. I have buried my head in the sand about my relationship, my partnership for so long that, and we have all these friends, we have this life, we have these kids, right? To untangle myself from this now, I'm going to have to destroy my whole life. Yeah. yeah. It's not just a death thing where suddenly I'll find myself single and I don't know what that looks like. It's not even that as much as I can't even imagine what it will take. For me to yeah. unbraid myself from all of this. Well, that's and the how much that could pot- love, right? Right. But the potential hurt that that can cause other people. So people get stuck and it's understandable. Yeah. But the problem is, is that the longer we shove these fears into the corner, the more they kind of seep out, right? And it becomes insidious. It works its way and seeps into everything that we end up doing until we are just so fucking miserable. Well, we're so scared of being destructive externally, we become self-destructive instead. Yeah. And by doing that, we become our own worst enemy. People always assume that it's black and white, Mm -hmm. right? It's either total destruction, life as we know it will never look the same, or we must remain in this really shitty place, right? It's it's one or the other. And actually, in my experience, what I found, it's neither. You know, the thing is, we keep talking about this jump and how actually at the end of it, if it works and everyone does it, <laughs> okay, it's going Pollyanna. to be fun, it fantastic. <laughs> you know, it's going to be fantastic. But actually, to get to a place where we can hold all these great things, we also have to understand why we weren't. Mm-hmm. And that bit is a reckoning. 
It, it is, is a, a reckoning. fucking reckoning. And we've had an opportunity for a reckoning since 2021. The energy was there. It was pointing to the reckoning. Everyone you know probably had it to some degree or another. But what most did with those reckonings was they used they used those opportunities, got a little bit, you know, a dose of reality of, okay, this is my issue. I'm going to deal with it a little bit. And then they went off and hid from it again, yeah. right? They kind of like then turned back to their usual coping mechanisms and that's where we are where we are today. How can you tell that you're going back to your coping mechanisms? How do you know that? How different is your life now versus before? Before How does that it reckoning? look or how does it feel? How does it feel? Did you loop or are you in a different place now? You'll know. It's pretty damn obvious. Are you a year later circling the same drain or no? So ultimately, by the end of this year, and this is really what this period has been about, it's not even a reckoning. It is an ultimate choice. How am I going to find peace in my life, right? Am I going to try to create that peace and do everything consciously? Or am I just going to allow myself to continue to self-destruct until I get to the ultimate final peace? Whatever that may be, right? And there are a lot of people who are just pushing it off and pushing it off. So what's going to happen as we tend to stall? Like anytime we sort of stall in our growth and evolution, karma comes up right? The inescapable bitch will surface and say, and that's when it gets tougher and tougher and tougher. Because ultimately 2023, especially early 2023, the theme is going to be how brutally honest can you be with yourself? And we don't mean, when we say honest, we're not saying... I love honesty because it allows me to say all the things that I wouldn't usually say, (laughs) which are all like the, the, the unicorn and rainbow stuff. Well, yeah, you can let that rip. But the brutal honesty bit is, where have I fucked up my life? What are all the choices I make in which I have fucked up my own so life? So when you say it's bit, but taking responsibility. It's brutal honesty. You don't even have to take responsibility at that point. You don't even have to own it. You, can't, you may not even be in the accountability phase. I think it, it really just comes to like, where have I fucked up my own life? I mean, eventually it comes to the responsibility bit, right? Because if we don't start taking responsibility for our lives, what are our children supposed to do? And instead, what we keep doing is rather than taking responsibility for our lives, and when we say that, we mean on every level and, you know, for every body, from our physical bodies, to our emotional bodies, our mental bodies, you can count your spiritual body if you want, you don't have to. I mean, we're just trying to get to consciousness, right? So once we can be brutally honest, we can begin to take responsibility for those areas. Maybe it takes time. Maybe there's one area that gets more focused than the other. But the reality is if we don't start taking responsibility, if we keep looking to our leadership, to people seemingly above us, to take care of us, so we keep just trying to change the leadership, hoping that's going to fix our lives, we're not going to get fixed. Our world won't get fixed. And that's why as much as negative as I sound, I have to be completely honest. Mm. And that means owning it all, even if it sounds like a downer. Mm. Because if I'm constantly the one that's going to be super Pollyanna, I lose all credibility. Yeah. Because that doesn't help people. As much as I could feel like I could be everybody's cheerleader and be super positive, that doesn't help people. No. Somebody's got to hold the space for, like, all the bullshit. I can hold the space for the light and the rainbows and the unicorns. When I saw this episode, I was like, dear God, just don't let it to be. Like, I was like, I don't need to hear that I'm such a downer from Rhea again for, like, the gazillion No, I actually don't think you're being super downer. The moment we can hold the honesty, the truth, ultimately. I mean, there's only one truth, which is that we are all divine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we're all of the divine. But when we can really be brutally honest and hold all of that, 
is when we can transmute it and it just becomes one. And that point of oneness, it's no longer dark. Just as much as it's no longer light, it becomes whole. And it's from that place of wholeness, which we can then strive for happiness. Thank you for listening. For more information, articles, and inspiration, find us at karmasmybitch.com and at karmasmybitch.insta. And if you liked what you heard, please subscribe and leave us a review.